Welcome to the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson and Amol Calamino getting ready to talk sports here with you for the next 45 minutes to an hour. And we are heading and heading fast into the college football and NFL football season. It's our time of year, Amol. It is our time of year. Finally, we get to analyze. Yeah, finally, a show called the Gridiron Stud Show is going to have actual stuff happen on the gridiron. Well, what we say is going to happen on the gridiron. Hasn't happened yet. Don't. Yes, the season has not started. Yes, if you tuned in for predictions, you've come to the right place today. Emil and I are going to break down the top, uh, the Power Five conferences today. We're going to tell you who are in the championship games. We're going to tell you who are going to win the championship games. We are going to tell you who the surprises will be for each conference, and then who the bums will be for each conference. And yes, I'm using the word bums. If you don't like it, write a letter to the editor. Um, That's not nice. You're calling these kids bums. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> Don't get them cranked up. Don't get them riled up on me, Emil. Before we jump into today's topics and uh, our predictions, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on whatever you are listening to right now to stream this show, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button. We're going to be here each and every week during the football season with a lot of great stuff for you and an interesting perspective on the action happening both on and off the field. So go ahead and hit the subscribe button. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Emil on Facebook, E-M-I-L-C-A-L-O-M-I-N-O. Okay, talk about anything with you over there, whatever your heart desires. If you want to talk to me or see what I've got going on, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. It's at Gridiron Studs, real easy to find there. And I'm known to say some things that might uh, be interesting every now and then. All right, Amo, let's jump into it. What are our top stories for the day? I think I know. I think I know the first one. Yeah, I mean, the NFL ruled. We, you know, we've been on this for well over a month, or pretty much the whole off season. It was a story that dominated the NFL off season. Was uh, the Deshaun Watson saga, if I may, and it it is a saga at this point. Um, he eventually. I think the NFL is seeking to end it from being a, a, a saga. Yeah, and I, you know, I kind of, you kind of thought, at least I did, that it was going to end up somewhere to me in this vicinity because once they, once it was clear they were not going to ban him for the season. And last week we talked about the six games. You, you know, you tried to give some rationale for it, which I understood what you were saying, but it just seemed like to me, based on prior offenses of of what people have gotten for six games for, based on what's being alleged here. And and apparently sat a lot of court. So, you know, I kind of figured they're going to try to middle this. And today, hey, did sure. we ever dance around with the whole Big Ben thing? Because I hear what you're saying. No, we talked about that. And I've, I listen, I've, you know that for years. Do you I've, put these two things in the same category? How do you like, let's re, let's bring that back up. If I've forgotten, you put both, you put what Big Ben did and was accused of and what uh, Deshaun Watson has been accused of. Do you put those two things in the same category? <sighs> Similar. I guess. I mean, I don't know. One, you know, uh, the Big Ben thing, you know, and you know, I'm up here in Big Ben country, if you will. And, I, and I've said that for years about him. That kind of just got whitewashed. I mean, all of a sudden that got settled years ago. Big Ben went on, grew up, got married, and everybody just forgot about it. It was like, hey, you know, big deal. Now, again, you, you and I are big proponents of, you know, you, you, you get your day in court because I hate jumping to conclusions. Uh that said, he had a couple of girls at the time accuse him of the same thing within a couple of months of one another. 
he'd have to be, you know, in my eyes, pretty unlucky, but I guess it could be, but yeah, I kind of put these in the same category, I guess, but I don't remember. Did he ever get suspended? I don't recall. He got a six game suspension and got reduced to four, which is why I've got a, I've, I guess I got to explain my feelings here. I have a problem with Watson getting the 11 games. I don't exactly remember how it went. I vaguely remember it being um, investigated, not with an outside party like this time did, but investigated by the NFL itself. And they gave him six games and Big Ben appealed it and got it down to four. In this situation, an outside entity investigated this, gave Deshaun Watson six games, and then the NFL jumps in and goes 11. So from that standpoint, I, I have a problem. I will say this, since the Big Ben incidents, to now the Deshaun Watson incident, the NFL has been through a couple of fist fights. Um, they've been through some things, and there, you know, there are more and more viewers. It's a more diverse viewership, and so it's, uh, Chad, it's a different world. I mean, I think when we when we look at Big Ben's thing, I mean, what what are we going on? Fifteen years with that now, twelve to fifteen years. Yeah, and the it, and the and the NFL has had their fights. Yeah, so. it's a, it's night and day. I'm not saying you're wrong per se. In a vacuum, you I would I would agree with your premise, but in in the reality of it is it's such a different world from where, where when that happened to, to now. I think that that part of it's almost not comparable. Yeah, um, it's a different audience, and you know Roger Goodell, love him or hate him, whatever the case may be, his he has a job to do, um, just like umpires have a job to do, and ticket writers and um, you know police officers have a job to do. And his job is to protect the NFL's reputation as best he can. Um, we can argue about, you know, how good of a job he's doing on that. In this particular case, he's going to um, always err on that side. And I think the public outcry and perception from people who the NFL cares about was that the sentence was too light. And so they went about trying to, you know, please people. If, <laughs> if Well, that's you know, and I and I think. And I used this example last show and I got where you were coming from, but it was what I was trying to say is I, th I think, and it's, this isn't me being a fan. I don't care. I mean, if it would happen to any team, but I looked at Ezekiel Elliott four years ago, or whatever that was three years ago, I forget when he was at that parade, everybody's drunk. He, a girl was with him uh, uh, the whole night, but on, on a float, he pulls up her shirt. She was not stopping him. They were all, it was like a New Orleans style party. I don't even might've been in New Orleans. He got six games for that. I said, if he's getting six games for that, there's no way this is going to stand with this guy getting six for what's alleged here. Yeah, so maybe that was an indication that things are getting tougher in the NFL um, when it comes to things that fall in this category, which is male versus female um, is the cat is how. I'm well, he said, she said, and I think there's a lot here. I think they tried to split the difference. He wasn't going to get banned for a year, so they, you know, that was the players association i'm assuming the union went in and fought hard there they came out of six the nfl got blowback they went back they did what you know they felt they should do which is to appeal and it seems like whoever ruled on this said okay well, if we're not doing one year and we're not doing six games let's divide by two and go with 11 because yeah. 11 seems like an odd number right it does it really does. I mean, the the old schedule I looked at it was sixteen games plus six is twenty two divided by two is eleven. Done. I, I, <laughs> man, I I guess I don't you know know if anyone brought out a calculator or a scientific calculator or anything and punched that up while they were doing this. I'm surprised there wasn't eleven and a half. It would have been right in the middle. They could have said, "Yeah, that have been out something." The first half. Yeah. <laughs> he jogs out. 
Um, I'm going to make you a coach here, though. If Deshaun Watson returns after 11 games and the Browns behind Jacoby Brissett are a seven and four football team, what are you going to do? What would I want to do if I was a coach? I'd want to stay the course with the guy that got me to seven and four. What's probably going to happen is he's going to be a starting quarterback because he's getting paid $230 million for five years. That would be something. God forbid he lose that first. I don't think the coach has a a say. In today's game, the way organizations are run, and you know how I feel. I bring it up with baseball all the time. I don't think managers run as much of the game as people think they do. And I I feel the same way about the NFL. I think think a lot of those decisions, somebody just walks in and says, "Uh, your quarterback's back next week, coach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you might be right. You know, you might be right, especially in this situation. If you're the Cleveland Browns, uh, I would fully expect that to be the case. That's just going to be very interesting. The Browns have what I would consider, which, you know, you could get into trouble doing this because you never know what a team's going to be like. But just for, you know, argument's sake, they've got four winnable games uh, to start. And, you know, you can get some momentum. Three and one, four and oh, maybe. Sure. Uh, Behind a Jacoby Brissett, you can get a little momentum there. And, you know, if you kind of, three and four, four and three, those next, you know, seven games, then you're going to have a, you're going to have a situation on your hands when Deshaun Watson comes back. I'm Now I haven't heard, does he get to practice while he's out or is he away from the facility? Does he go into exit? Oh, no, I think these suspensions, the way they work, unless they change them. I mean, uh, I think these are all under the same category even with the drug suspensions for steroids or drugs. I think you're out away from the facility and the team. And then there's a period of time. I don't know if they let you come back slightly before the suspension ends to get in shape, but you're away, essentially. That's my understanding of all these suspensions. Well, I mean, then that kind of changes things. You're going to be talking about a guy who, you know, has not practiced all year long. I mean, remember, he doesn't get paid this money during the time. Sure. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not correct. You know, not. Uh... No, I don't know what I again, I don't pretend to understand his contract enough. I don't I mean, I, I'm assuming when you're suspended, you don't get paid. Now, I don't know if they have to pay him anyway because of the way that contract, I don't know enough about that contract. They seem to be a ton of guaranteed money in that contract and they knew what was out there, but I don't know how the league rules work with that. I, I'm not going to pretend to. No, I, um, understandable. Um, you know, understandable there. So I mean, it's a, it's a chunk, it's a chunk of money though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's definitely a chunk of money. The, the fine is, is big. Um, because of the amount of games missed on top of that, there's a $5 million fine. So, yeah, um, I mean, it's a chunk. Yeah. So, this is, I mean, here's cost them me, dearly. Let me ask you this before we segue to our uh, next little piece of, uh, of news. Um, if you're the Browns, cause I mean, it looks like all indications are, uh, Garoppolo will not be with the 49ers when the season starts. Mm-hmm. Do you try to get him? I mean, you're essentially not going to have your franchise quarterback for three quarters of the season. I don't know, Emil. I don't know if I muddy up the situation like that. You know what I mean? And you don't want to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I let me just say this about Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, I'm maybe I'm hurting some, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo fans' feelings out there. You don't really know, man. You just don't know. This guy left the New England Patriots and went to the San Francisco 49ers. Those are two very different organizations from the Cleveland Browns. He's been on two very good football teams. Teams that have their act together, teams with good defenses, teams that could get him to football, teams that he could look good on. And, you know, he had his moments with San Francisco where, you know, you held your breath to the point where they're going to start a rookie over him, you know, albeit a highly drafted one. But they just weren't satisfied enough. And they went out and got um, this kid from, you know, uh, not even a top of the top tier 
power five school went and got this kid and that's who they're going to roll with. So I would hate to see Cleveland go out, get Jimmy Garoppolo, put him on staff, muddy up the situation and find out he's not as good as he was with the Patriots. Yeah, it sounds like what you're saying to me is you don't see a, 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 that much of a difference from a Brissett playing in the system and at least knowing it to bringing in a guy off the street, like he, he, albeit a guy who's had some success in the league, like Garoppolo, you think, you think, it's no, eight. yeah, I'm I'm already headed for a mess. Like if Jimmy comes in there and let's say they do go eight and three, yeah, nine and two, what the hell do you do now? Right, your fan yeah, base need- is itching to be relevant. You're relevant, and what do you do? Watson comes back. Yeah, what if Watson comes back and loses that first game? You've got a full blown problem. Just don't, I just don't know. Yeah, it's just not worth it. Right, I got better I got off you. bringing. They're better off bringing in Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let's not go back to that. We, we finally got past that. <laughs> let's just do that. Yeah, you know, let, let's go. Let's go to the next piece of news, which isn't as uh, well. There's a couple. This is on the college side. A couple pieces here. Let's start with the sad stuff first. Uh, the brother of Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills tight end, uh, FIU player, uh, passed away. Luke Knox, 22 years old, down near you. Uh, yeah, FIU, which is, you know, roughly 35 minutes away from me here on the campus of Florida International University. I, you know, don't have any details yet as to what has happened. Um, I'm certain that we would find out. School uh, said no foul play, but that doesn't mean, you know, usually, you know, you're always, unless this stuff happens at practice and it's, God forbid, a heat stroke or something, you always hold your breath with college kids at this age because, uh, you know, I don't want to speculate, but a lot of times it's not it's not good news. Um, yeah, you're talking about healthy males, really good athletes who yeah. at this time of year have just completed some type of a physical. Um, so unless it was something that would be hidden from your typical um, physical workup, then it's going to be interesting to see what happened. But again, yeah, really, really. The Miss kid was a baller. He was in the SEC for four years at Ole Miss and then. Uh, transferred to FIU so sad news there in the world of football and you feel bad for the the brother uh Dawson Knox he's like I said tight end with one of the NFL's better teams the Bills so uh you know that's that we'll we'll, we'll try to brighten it up here uh moving along into the world of recruiting uh Notre Dame lost a big recruit or at least the potential for a big recruit because he may still come back to be a Notre Dame commit at the end of the day but uh the defensive end down your way Keeley the number 24 prospect in the country, uh, five-star, decommitted from Notre Dame on yeah, well, it Wednesday. Is, it is, uh, I would say, a little bit of a decommitment season. We may see a couple more of these where guys get unsure. Um, I have to check the stats on this, Hamel, but I want to say they're probably less decommits. If there's been one super positive for the early signing period, there's probably been less decommits because this is a dangerous game if you're playing – this you know going into september with that december date sitting there so um you know i'm gonna have to check the stats on that but yeah i mean these things happen you know i remember what happens and from your experience what happens in these situations it could be any a number of things um oftentimes though what it is is that a kid has not been getting the required amount of attention let's say from from the staff (laughs) so um, you know, and I chuckle because man, it's a it's it's a funny world we live in now. I say that, but then also in defense of the kids, like that this will happen sometimes, and the staff will stop contacting a kid, and sometimes a kid decommits, and it's what the school wanted. And rather than pull an offer from 
a, a prospect, um, they just stop contacting the kid or they make it difficult to get a hold in, in hopes that he gets the the message, gets the idea. Well, I don't think they wanted that to happen in this case. This kid no, like no, but it could be it could be a situation where, you know, a kid maybe rushed to rush to judgment um, and was, you know, just started having some buyer's remorse, some doubt. Maybe another school swooped in there in this day and age. You you know, who the hell knows what happens behind the scenes or or Amal. The evil NIL could have swooped its way in and a bigger bag. It, it, it's funny, and, and, and I'm only relating this back because it's Notre Dame, and I happened to just watch this the other night with my wife. Uh, Netflix is doing that. They did a two-part documentary <laughs> on uh, Mante Town. Did you see You think that? that had something to do with it? No, I just remember Don't go him. to Notre Dame. You're going to get a fake girlfriend. No, I just remember him saying, did you see this? Did you see this yet, by the way? Um, no, I've not watched it yet. Watch it. It's it's good. And you actually, I came out of it. So my wife feeling bad for him because, uh, the, the guy that did this to him is now, uh, a lady, if that's possible. Um, Oh, what do you mean? Is that possible? It's 2022. Anything's possible. No. Um, yeah, uh, I just from the trailer, I could tell that I was going to feel sorry for a man. Yes. Yes. So, you know, uh, Anyway, he at the beginning of it, he talks about how he committed to Notre Dame. Mm. And he's a very religious person, yes. uh, church, uh, you know, Mormon, right? He uh, was ready to go to USC. He grew up a USC fan. He said, I, you know, this was the height of the, you know, Pete Carroll was still there when he was recruiting me. I wanted to go to SC. I mean, I was ready to go to SC. And my father said, okay, just pray on it, though. So he said that night I did. The next day, I was ready to go in and commit to USC. He goes, I went upstairs, and I forget who he said. It was somebody in the football organization coming out of one of the offices or something said to him, so where are you going? He said, USC. He goes, well, you'll be the next in a long line of great Polynesian players at USC. Hmm. But he goes, I thought you were going to go to Notre Dame and be the original Mante Tiao. Who's telling him this? One of the the he tells you in the story i forget it was a football assistant i don't know principal somebody in this at his high school yes i mean i mean if that guy whoever that was uh was a Notre dame fan of any sort he did a really good job he well whatever but he's what's funny is when you watch this he says (laughs) he so he goes he goes has his big party at the school he he announces his commitment to Notre dame and he goes i i was so sad Really? announcing that commitment he goes but i felt like you know i prayed on it and that was god's way of his saying his plan for me was to go to notre dame because he said damn i wanted to go to sc <laughs> yeah i mean listen whoever laid that down did, did a good job because he was kind of right in a sense and part of the appeal for manti tail along with him being a good player and everyone should know that there's just so yeah. much more talked about in his case outside of what he did on the field but he was he was an animal animal. Yes. He was really damn good. And being Polynesian kind of helped, you know, also being in Notre Dame, but being a Polynesian kid at Notre Dame playing the way that he played really did help his, um, his media outburst for lack of a better term. So. Well, right. But it, but it was very much a culture shock for him. He's, yeah. I'll, and I'll have to get into that part of it. So you got to watch. Anyway, I'm just laughing as we're talking. But this about happens this to a lot of kids though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of kids from, you know, down this way that leave here and go up North, and kids talk different. I'm not even going to talk about the weather, but just the whole attitude um, is is different there in South Florida. Kids can be totally uh, misunderstood when they head out of this area, especially when they go up north. That it is really a tough adjustment, and a lot of guys 
um, do come home that first semester and and not go back. So, so anyway, uh, he's out Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure they're still in the running if he spent that much time there, unless something happens. So we'll see if he ends up. Hey, well, you follow recruiting. Rarely does a guy decommit, especially this late and go back to the school he decommitted from. It's just, no, but I'm trying to be nice. Yeah. Forget about all that. I don't want, I don't want to hurt the Notre Dame fans that listen. You know, uh, while we're on this topic, um, Brent Venables, who is the new head coach at Oklahoma, for those of you who are, you know, are under a rock somewhere, uh, comes from Clemson under Dabo Sweeney. And I do know this, especially from my days of coaching, that Clemson has a really strong feeling about, you know, when a young man commits to them that you have committed to Clemson. This means you're not going on other visits. Um, a commitment is a commitment. And it really led to them being really low down on the um list of schools that have decommits you know they didn't get many right and so venables has brought that same idea to oklahoma um a couple weeks ago he you know spoke about it in a press conference and i personally like the idea but in this current climate it has its flaws you know a lot of these schools and i'm gonna assume that oklahoma would not operate this way under a brent venables but you never know they will recruit a kid, accept a commitment from a kid, and continue to recruit others. So, right. If you're looking, why can't I look? And it's all, there's not a whole lot of trust in that situation. The school looks because what if this kid decommits? We don't want to be left holding the bag. The kid is like, what if they sign one of these other guys? Um, I don't want to be left with my pants down. So it's a whole back and forth situation there. So I don't know. I'm going to put you in a situation that you haven't been in, but. If you had a kid, highly talented son, um, that committed to a school, let's say Penn State, would you be okay with him taking trips elsewhere? Yes. You would? Because especially for a simple reason. I'd be okay with it if I was the coach, and I'll tell you why. I, especially with today's rules of transferring being so simple, you might as well let them get it out of their system. And if they're at least if they're coming, they're coming with clean hands, hopefully, They've seen what else is out there and they really want to be in your program because it's not like the old days where it's hard for a kid to get out anyway. So if they come and, you you know, I'm going to use the word trick for lack of a better word, you trick them into coming with this. You can't look anywhere else. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like a guy who marries the first girl he ever dated might not be the best thing to do. Um, you know, in that case, I, I would agree with you. I'm all for the integrity and loyalty and all that. But man, more and more, that's becoming, um, you know, not a part of this whole deal. So um, yeah, I just think I just think you're setting yourself up for future heartache by stopping it. So you might as well say, go ahead, take your trips. The kids like the attention, as you say that, you know, I mean, let's face it. These kids have been paid attention to since they're eight and 10 years old with sports. They're divas, a lot of them. They like having the coach pay attention to them even after they've committed. You've just said that. So you might as well let them take their four or five trips, whatever they get, and they can dress up in the other team's uniforms and put pictures on Instagram and whatever else they're using now, Twitter. and, and Or, then, you know, or, Amel, the flip side is you go take these trips, you get comfortable and acquainted with these other places, and even if you keep that commitment with the original place, it does make it a little bit easier for you to go jump in that transfer portal because I've been to Ohio State and I've been to Michigan State and I've been to Texas and I feel um, fairly comfortable because I took those trips down there. And so it's easier for me to say I'm out of here. I agree. But I, I, I think I think that that cuts both ways. So the other program that he's leaving is also doing the same thing on the flip side. They're taking kids in for visits that aren't going to end up there originally. 
And in the end, you know, you're going to get a lot of player movement. We know that we've talked about it. We covered it extensively all off season. That's just the nature of the college game right now. Yeah, it really is. So, you know, let's say you're going to get, you're going to get a lot of player movement, Chad. And there's, I don't think there's any way necessarily around that. And I think these coaches that, um, that try to do this, you know, I, I know where they're coming from. I, I, I feel them in a sense that I understand they want loyalty and commitment, but I, I don't think they're going to achieve what they want to achieve in today's climate. No, especially when, you know, you have situations where, you know, a kid could be um, a pretty damn good player. He commits to school and then a five-star decides he wants to come there and you're not going to say no to the five-star. And then on top of that, he gets an NIL deal, which starts you thinking that uh, there are obligations here. And so a kid's going to get, kid's going to get put on the field. He's going to get a lot more chances than I am. So yeah, yeah, definitely a difficult situation. There are a lot of things that have just gotten really hard. It seems like they were trying to do things to make recruiting easier, at least for um, the prospects. But, you know, the flip, the reverse has happened. And so uh, two more topics before we get to our main topic today, Chad and I are going to go through all five power five conferences. We're going to give you the title game, who we see being in the title game, who we see as the eventual champion who we think will surprise in the conference and who will disappoint and disappoint doesn't necessarily mean as Chad initially said, being a bum, but if we expect you to be 11 and one and you go eight and four, you're a disappointment. So we're going to get to that. Bum. We have two more, two more topics I want to touch on before we get there. Um, one quickly, and that you and I've talked about this again, and now it's playing itself out. They're talking about, there's been some meetings that they may govern Division one college football on their own. There's been talk this week about leaving the NCAA. Let's stop talking about it and do it. You know what I mean? Um, we're heading in that direction. You know, let's have serious talks about it and let's just get it done. Um, I'm assuming they're talking about getting the top five conferences, the power five conferences, the ones that we're going to. It sounds like that. Give it you our predictions like, yeah. on the day. Yeah. Separate mm -hmm. from the rest because there's no similarity. No, and they've basically said what I said last show and that, you know, in the, in the, at the end of the day, you know, we let the NCAA run this, but they don't award championships anyway. They don't. And they're not policing the sport. They can't police the sport at this time. Um, there's just too much at stake for them. And they just simply don't have the manpower. And now it seems they don't even have the will to right. police anything that's going on. So it's a thing of the past, just like <laughs> conference alignment and rivalries, all of that's going out the window. So while we're cleaning out the garage, we might as well throw the NCAA in the heap and just, you know, get that out of college football. Be done tonight. with it. Right, right. Yeah, so exactly. And then the last thing, and this is probably the biggest story, at least I got, you know, of the week in college football. The Big Ten has finally completed their deal. It's an NFL-like deal. It's a seven-year TV deal, $7 billion between three networks, which will be carrying Big Ten games, Fox, CBS, and NBC, different time slots and whatnot. Very similar to way, the way the N, the uh, the NFL negotiates TV deal. So you do the math, seven years, not hard, $7 billion. That's a billion dollars a year for Big Ten rights. They got 16 teams, we'll minus some expenses. You know, that means every team's probably getting 50 billion a year from the TV deals. 50 million, sure. 50, 50 million, excuse me, I just made them, geez. Yeah, oh, I've been talking that would about be, Elon Musk that would be a really much. rich contract. Yeah, that would be really rich. Fifty million. I'd, I'd I'd fight to get some of my eligibility back and try to. Yeah, take sure, things. sure. No, um, it's 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 definitely going to help coaching contracts. I think the Big Ten is making really big moves here. I think they're tired of hearing all of the SEC nonsense. 
Um, I've noticed the moves that they've made. It started years back where they, you know, brought Urban Meyer in. They brought Jim Harbaugh in. They wanted some star power at the at the head coach positions because whether people want to believe that or not, the head coach is really a you know a big deal in college football more so than in the NFL. So they started doing that, and um, lo and behold, you know, the conference just started getting stronger. And now they're doing things with television rights, and they're um, pillaging other conferences. And um, I think they're really positioning themselves to be, you know, if not um, 1B, at least number two in this whole conference fight thing. And so um, kudos to them, though. I, you know, I do want to see someone take on the SEC and just not have them run away with. Well, them. it's better for the sport. I mean, even if even if you're an SEC guy like you, I mean, it's better for the sport. And I, you're not really an SEC guy. You're a Miami guy. So unless they join the SEC. Well, I would, you know, I listen, when I was playing and we were on, we were an independent my first year there in 92, and we were m- talking about moving to a conference, I really wanted to go into the SEC. I, I, sure. I don't want to say I saw the future. I just saw it as, you know, this is the big time football. Um, and, you know, we responded by going to the Big East. Go figure. But you know, I hated well, everything. You are on the East Coast. And we're also in the Deep South. I mean, the South. <laughs> Listen, South. This, you'll never convince me Miami should be in the SEC. So that's a whole other show. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about the if you're talking about the fan bases yeah. um, and the makeup of the fan base. Sure. But who's further south than us? I mean, Emil, I could throw a rock and, you know, hit Cuba from here. So sure, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'd wanted, but nevertheless, well, let's, let's listen, let's get, let's get to what people are waiting for. Uh, anybody tuning into a show like this wants to hear where we're going here with our predictions. We're not yeah, going to get, get mad about how we, what we yes. predict for their football team. So go ahead and get pissed off, get ready to get pissed off. If we don't, crown your team here today but this is honestly how we see it Amo Chad and I are going to go through these conferences we're going to have a general discussion we're not going to sit here and try to give you everybody's record we're not going to we're going to give you you know we're going to generally discuss the conference at the end we'll tell you what each of us thinks about the conference we're not going to give you the college football playoff you got to come back next week for that yeah all right so the Pac-12 which is your baby for now until uh, SE heads out of there so I'll go first here and I'll let you finish up uh, my thoughts on this is, you know, uh, Oregon loses Mario Cristobal. They were a part of the Pac-12 title game there. Um, you know, he's left some talent there, but I don't see them being back in a championship game there, Emil. Uh, I My two top teams I see at the end of all this, and the two top teams this year, for those who um, did not know, forgot forgot maybe, is they're, they're not doing East and West. It's the two top teams will play each other. I see those two top teams as being Utah, just love their physical nature. They're coming back with it again, and they just look like a team on the upswing. Um, and 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 UCLA. This may be their peak, Emil, but I kind of see UCLA as a nine-win, ten-win team, and I see them in Utah duking it out. Um, Oregon will be in the mix there somewhere, yeah, um, but then it's just going to be a whole bunch of mediocrity everywhere else. I think Washington State might make some noise. But there's, I don't really see anyone else. Washington has fallen off. Uh, Arizona State, you never know what you're going to get there with them. And that's who I think is going to be in the championship game with Utah winning it. My surprise in this conference, Emil, um, I think I mentioned it, was Washington State. I don't think people expect a whole bunch out of them. I think a, uh, out of a bunch of mediocrity, that's that's going to be the team that stands up maybe third here or maybe even have a chance to get into that championship game. But I like Washington State to surprise some people 
My bum this year, Amal, is I don't think this team will be the worst team in the conference. I, I kind of think Arizona is going to own that. Arizona and Colorado are going to fight for that. But I'm going to go with Stanford, man. Remember what Stanford was? They were the gold standard for academics and mm-hmm. athletics. And they continue to be the gold standard for academics, but not so much athletics as it pertains to football. And it's going to be time to start thinking about you know the head man's job there in Stanford if you know if they care about football moving forward. That's okay. how I see this conference. I think, uh, well, first of all, I think Utah, while good, is a tad bit overrated. I mean, last year, they built their reputation on the two wins against Oregon. Oregon was a constant underachiever in this conference. For how down USC was, Oregon should have done a lot more uh, in, in the last five or six years. Um, you look at Utah last year, they lost to BYU. They lost to San Diego State. And then they're, you know, the wins over Oregon and beating Ohio State with five guys or six guys out for the NFL draft, losing to them, I should say, mm-hmm. blowing a big lead. That was, you know, Utah's calling card. They are physical and they'll be a good team. Um, I, I think you're significantly underrating my Trojans. I, I think of course, USC, I am. of course, I think USC is going to be a good team. Um, they're going to make the college football playoff. I'll tell you next week, but I don't think so. But no, we'll yeah, see. I didn't mention them, Emil, because I just think there's just too many new new things there. There's a lot of new things, but this guy's a good coach, and good coaches tend to produce good good teams. He's got talent. This is a different era. He's not, you know, people say they're four and eight last year. They changed out half the roster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the The big thing with USC, their offensive line returns four guys, and they that's that's the thing that is getting lost with USC. It, on a four and eight team, they actually had a very good offensive line. They've got one of the top senior linemen in the country. He'll be a first round NFL pick, Voorhees, most likely. Um, and they're going to score points. The question is, how much can they fix their defense? Hmm. I actually have Utah playing USC in the championship. And amazingly, I think Utah wins the first game at Utah. I got USC upsetting them in the second game and winning the championship. How about that? I put a lot of pressure on them. And listen, when we people say, oh, you're a USC fan, wait till we get to my NFL picks because I don't always pick my team. So um, that that's just the way I, I really think I, I think Lincoln Riley's a great coach. I, he's just one of those guys. I think he he's just not going to put a bad product on the field. For some reason, I just think USC is going to be quiet this first year. Maybe. Maybe. And, and I would say for you as a fan, someone who's watched several coaching changes at a at a proud program. Um, yeah, I think you'd probably better off having it that way. This guy comes in and wins 10 games this year. Your fan base is going to have hell down the road uh, after after this. How many years do you, you get the you get the you get the Caleb Williams kid for two years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there better be a good replacement and you better. Continue. Well, now that well, right now, you know, the commit is Nelson. Yeah, sure. Um, and we don't know what he's going to be. I mean, looks good. We yeah. just never know. I know. So, I all right, you got USC. So then my surprise. surprise. Here's my surprise. The surprise ought to be USC. No, 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 no. Because I they're ranked they're ranked anywhere from 11th pending to 16th in the country, so they're not surprising too many people. At least people that do polls. The team I see that could be surprising is Cal. I think Cal could be a lot tougher than people think. I'm I'm down with that. They almost made that for me. Yeah, they play defense. Um, you know, they're they play hard. They've now obviously they've got they've got a game at Notre Dame this year, so they've got some some things, but but they have a lot of winnable out of conference games other than Notre Dame, and uh, you know I just see them as a team that could maybe be eight and four, surprise a few people. I mean I don't do I think they're gonna you know 
Yeah, what I was kind of to- thinking that, Emil, and then I said it's Cal. So I stopped thinking that. And here, well, and here's my my team that I think is going to disappoint is the team you have not disappointing. I think UCLA is going to disappoint. I think they got a lot of people psyched up because they went eight and four, which is amazing. You think about it. UCLA went eight and four. Oh my God. You know, um, they open up with Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South Alabama. So, yeah, gonna, baby. That's yeah, they're, they're going to be three and oh before they make a road trip to Colorado where Texas AM almost lost last year. Are you they, kidding me? Colorado is going to be cheeks. That's not happening. They probably will be. But my point is, then this they is got- great for UCLA, though, who only returns two starters on defense. This is how you want to start the year off. Get guys right. Until you run into Washington, Utah, and Oregon in a row. And Listen, if you're trying to convince me that there's any three-team lineup on a schedule in the Pac-12 that's going to be difficult for anyone, you're just not going to do that. For UCLA, it will be. Anyway, <laughs> I have them as a disappointment. Do I think they're going to be horrible? Absolutely not. But I've got them more of like the 7-5 and five variety than what you have. Holy Trojan horse. Listeners, if you love getting cash back like I do, then you've got to get the Get Upside app right now. Get cash back on your everyday purchases without changing anything about how you shop or live. You'll pay however you normally do with a credit card or debit card, and cashback will be deposited directly to your GetUpside account. There's no limit on how much you can earn. GetUpside even works with other coupons, discounts, and loyalty programs. First, you claim your offer. Find local offers on everything from gasoline to restaurants and everything in between. Second, you spend. You shop as you would at your favorite spots around town. Third, check in or scan receipts. Check in to log your purchase, and you'll be on your way. Finally, get rewards. Earn cash back and cash out whenever you want via PayPal, e-gift card, or check. It's just that simple. I love coffee, and I get mine for free just by earning cash back from GetUpside. Download the app and get started getting your cash back today. Click on the link in the description of this episode to get started. Let's slide on over to the Big 12. I'm going to let you start off there. Big 12. Well, this is, I'm kind of chalky in this conference. Um, You know, I think... I think Oklahoma is going to play this season with a chip on their shoulder. Um, they they lost their coach to USC, and they're pissed about it. And I think they kind of feel slighted. You know, they, like you like we we talked about all offseason. You just didn't see coaching moves like this back in the day. You didn't see the Notre Dame coach leaving for LSU. You didn't see the Oklahoma coach leaving for USC. But their lead, he left. Um, they have a tricky game early at Nebraska. I know that sounds funny. No, Nebraska ne- play. Nebraska's, I think, going to be much improved this year. Uh, you know, but I, I, other than that, I like their schedule. The meat of it comes late as they get acclimated to a new coach. In November, they've got a game at home with, with Baylor and another game at home with Oklahoma State. So they got two of the two other top 15 teams at home. So I like the schedule for Oklahoma. And then the other team I like, I like Baylor. I like, I like what they're doing down there. I like him as a coach. Um, I like the way the schedule sets up for them. So I've got Baylor and Oklahoma playing in that title game. I've got Oklahoma winning it and winning the, you know, the conference. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be a 12 and one type team, Oklahoma. I, I think they'd be really good. My surprise in this conference, as I looked around, for some reason, I think TCU is going to be better than people think they are. Um, really? Yeah. You know, they fell off last year, TCU for a long time. Had been had been a good program, and last year they went five and seven. Uh, do I think they're going to be ten win good? No, but do I think they'll be two or three games better than that? Yeah, yeah. I think TCU will be a winning football team. Believe it or not, I don't know. That surprised you? Maybe that 
Oh, and it definitely then, did. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, I looked at the schedule. I looked at the team. I said, this has been a winning program for a long time in the Latin recent history. And all of a sudden they fell off. I, I, I think they're going to improve. And the team I think that is going to disappoint, they always disappoint, is Texas. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I look at them, you know, they're starting essentially, a, I don't know what he is in school, but this kid never started before. He's a freshman quarterback, highly touted. Uh, second game is Alabama. I think they get smoked. <laughs> then, then they play Oklahoma and they're the Red River. I know that's a rivalry game. I don't think they win it. They're at Oklahoma State. I don't think they win there. Uh, they finish with Baylor. I mean, I think they're a seven and five, eight and four team. And based on expectations, that's going to be disappointing. All right. Uh, let me give you my rundown on this. First of all, I just think we're going to see, um, I don't share your thoughts entirely with Oklahoma. I love Brent Venables. I think he's going to do really good things there. I just think it's going to be a tough adjustment for him. You had a lot of kids, um, step out of that program. Um, you're, you know, trying to figure things out at quarterback, brand new head coach. And I, I mean, not just a new coach, a brand new head coach. So there'll be some adjustment there for them. And so I think things are going to be a little bit tougher than expected there. I think they'll be a good team, just not in the championship game. I like a rematch of what we had last year. I think Oklahoma State's going to be tough. Um, I could see them being a double-digit win team in the in the uh, you know during the regular season. I like what Baylor's got going on. You know, uh, will they be as good? We'll see. I think they'll be good enough to get back into that conference championship game. And, you know, I like Oklahoma State to come out the winner in the rematch um, in this one. Dave Aranda, though, a guy I really, really likes. So I think Baylor's going to be solid for a while or for as long as they're able to keep him there. But I really I really think we're seeing a big uh, a rematch of last year's Big 12 championship game. So far as my surprise in this conference man i really struggled to find one to be honest with you amol i think i'm gonna go with kansas state they've been forgotten um and if you know kansas state really just only had that run um you know under their their famous coach and so i guess people don't expect much from them in this conference i have them as an eight and four football team which would be solid for kansas state but again i struggle to find a surprise in this conference to the upside um you know, my disappointment or the word bum that I've been used is going to be Texas. I'm with you on that. You know, you're 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 green at the quarterback position, you're still trying to bolster up your, you know, your 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 roster. And it's just been tough for everyone who's come through Texas. And everyone has their theories, but no one can really put their finger on what the deal is there with Texas. And I think it just continues one more year. Um, I'd love to say I have really Huge confidence that Steve Sarkeesian is going to turn this thing around. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. I'm just not overly confident on it. Um, if I had to lean on one side or the other, I would say he will. It's just not going to really be readily apparent this year. There's some pretty good, tough, decent teams in this conference that he's going to have a hard time beating, and in the, in the schedule is not very nice to them. You're taking on Alabama, like you said. I don't, you know, I think they're going to get steamrolled, and it's just going to be a bad way to kick things off. So that's how I feel about that. Yeah, especially playing that young quarterback. That's not. <laughs> yeah, you feed him to the wolves. You're just hoping he gets the experience and he can come back the following year, battle tested, ready to go and, you know, play Texas football. Well, least. keep talking because we're headed out to the ACC at your conference. Yeah, we're heading out to the ACC. So I'm going to jump on there first. Wow, a lot of uh, a lot of storylines here in this conference, man. I think I got a big surprise here for everyone. 
Um, obviously, there's a new face at my alma mater, University of Miami, so I should speak about that there. I know there are a lot of people who are happy um, for Mario Cristobal to be at the University of Miami and come back over from Oregon. I, you can count me as one of those. I see a lot of exciting things happening there. Um, he's definitely a good coach. He's, uh, and I think, a program builder. There's definitely money being put behind things now, and we're starting to compete. That does not mean instant success. And what I'm concerned about is that fans – Fans and now media are trying to hustle the University of Miami back to where they were, and that's going to be a bit problematic for the team. Mario Cristobal has, you know, inferred this. Um, I've seen it. The roster is not exactly where it needs to be. There's some good top of the line players. There's just not the depth that you're going to need, and you run into things during the year. Um, and I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to withstand that. So. You know, seven and five, eight and four wouldn't surprise me, Emil. It would probably piss a bunch of people off. But um, again, I think it's not going to be the blazing start that people want. But it'll, you'll, I think towards the end of the year, people will see things starting to move on the field in the direction that they want. That Clemson game towards the end of the year would be very telling. I mean, even if you don't win the game, if you have a really, really good showing there, that would be good. So far as who I think is going to be in this championship game, uh, maybe a surprise here. I think Pitt's been a really good football team, and yes, they lost their quarterback, but they've been building something there. And in the in the meantime, before a Miami blows up, I think Pittsburgh is a solid football team, and they're going to talk about playing with a chip on their shoulders since your school, you know, stole their wide receiver. Um, I think they're a team that's going to feel a little stepped on. So I think they'll have a lot of spunk. I like them to come out of the Coastal Division. Over in the Atlantic Division, though, I think we've got a really, really big game coming down to. I think this conference is going to come down to not Clemson, Amy, not Clemson. The Clemson's going to have a problem this year. I think the big game here is going to be November nineteenth, NC State versus Louisville. I think these. I think that's going to be the two top teams in this conference, uh, this side of the conference, this division. And I kind of have that. I think NC State. It's going to be a road game for them at Louisville. I think I have them coming out on top here, and I like. NC State to face Pitt in the championship game um, with with Pitt winning it um, just off of a little bit of experience there. But I can go 50-50 on that. You ask me tomorrow, I might say NC State. I think that's what it's going to come down to. So far as the surprise in the conference, I've mentioned it. It's NC State. I don't think anyone's thinking about NC State, but this has been a solid team the last few years. And they're returning 10 starters on defense. They're going to come out you really consider a team ranked in the top 15 a surprise though yeah i don't think anyone's thinking about nc state in this conference though they may be ranked but it's all it's been all about clemson um everyone's talking about miami they'll mention virginia tech they'll say north carolina they'll mention all of those teams even louisville before they mention nc state so i'm going to i've got them they may be in the top 15 i've got them going all the way to the end here in this conference and, and potentially winning it Okay. Potentially winning it. So um, I'll call him the surprise on that. So far as um, who's going to disappoint, Amel, it's Florida State. I don't know what has happened to this program. Um, I think we're looking at four straight losing years. We're heading for number five. It's just fallen so far, so fast from the crab legs days, from the Dalvin Cook <laughs> days, um, that it's just unreal. And people in state, uh, just can't even understand it. But I think Florida State's headed for another losing season. Four and eight wouldn't surprise me. Do you see the the commonality here? What's that? 
Well, amazingly, the team I have to disappoint in the Pac-12 would be UCLA. And amazingly, the team you have to disappoint in the ACC would be Florida State. Well, at least I've got recent history on my side. You just <laughs> oh, turned yeah, a winning yeah. UCLA yeah. team Yeah, I don't have dump. recent history. I mean, after that brilliant eight and four run UCLA had last year. I mean, they were never shitty before that point. <laughs> well, listen, FSU is fresh off of being trash and it looks like they're going to continue to be that. So what they do with their head coach after this, I have no idea. They need stability there, but if they're not winning, it's going to be tough to, you know, please the fan base. So, yep. FSU, my disappointment in the ACC. Okay. You and I are in like different area codes in this conference. Um, let, I'm going to go, since we're so different at the at the championship level, let me first go with my surprise. I'm going to throw you a curveball. My surprise is a team you mentioned, Louisville. I mean, I don't think anybody's really, really thinking about Louisville um, other than you, apparently. Yes. I think they're going to be a, you know, a, a, a nine and four, a nine and three, eight and four type team, which I don't think a lot of people believe, but I, I agree with you on that. I think they're going to be a good team. Um the team I think that's going to disappoint is Pitt. Uh, you know, say what you want, but, you know, you graduated a first-round quarterback. He's with the Steelers. You're bringing in a guy who couldn't start on a 4-8 and eight USC team. Okay, USC is always connected with you. No, well, I mean, I can't help it. I mean, he's, to that program, they're connected. It, 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 both who they... A yes, traded from, a re- they traded a quarterback for a receiver, I guess. Yes, yes. And the trade is would not be straight up. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean, it would not be a fair trade if you're looking at the talent that went in and out. And I just think, you know, Pitt's being ranked like most preseason college rankings are based on last year where they had an excellent year. I think it's hard to remove two first-round talents, one who is in the NFL and one who will be in the NFL, and stay there. Okay, so I, I have them as a disappointment. I don't think they'll be trash, but I think they're an eight and four to seven and five type team, not what they were last year. So that leads me to, I think Miami's winning the coastal division. You know, you're making it like your school stunk last year. They what were they eight and four? Amel, it was the it it was the most chaotic eight and four you did. It was, but again, they have experienced. They got experience last year, and they've got a guy that led them through that chaos, the quarterback. I like that. Okay. I understand I'm putting pressure. I don't think it's an undefeated season. Matter of fact, I think they probably lose an early road game at Texas A&M. That's a big ask, especially you and I've covered this. They play nobody early to get them ready for that Texas A&M game. So I think that's hard. And they may even lose the Clemson game. Okay. The first one. So they could be 10 and two, but I think they're going to come out of this coastal. And I still think Clemson will lose a game somewhere, but I think they're winning the Atlantic. I know people are calling for, you know, even though they're ranked fourth in the country, I've heard various people calling it for the demise of Clemson, my, my broadcast partner included, okay? He's got NC State winning that side. I don't see it. I think Clemson, in a down year last year, they still went 10-3. and three. That was their down year. They had a down year. They went 10-3. and three. Um, seem down until you see this year. Well, we're gonna we're, one of us is gonna be very. This is one where we're not even not close. Okay, so one of us is gonna be very right, and one of us very wrong. Who's your winner? I I I actually have Miami upsetting Clemson and winning the ACC. Look at them pandering to the crowd here. I'm not um, pandering to the crowd. That's I I you know that I've said for a long time. I thought that getting Cristobal was huge. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, on Clemson in my lifetime. I have always judged the 
future of things based on the people. And for years, people wanted Brent Venables to be uh, to come head coach their football team. Now, I know he has a connection to Oklahoma and Oklahoma came open. Um, and one could argue that he was sit, probably sitting around waiting for that. I don't know about that. He got some pretty good job offers over the years and he resisted them all. And it is at this time that he decides to leave. That's a little bit telling for me. And then you lose the offensive coordinator as well. You had some troubles lashing and you know what, Emil, there are some in, in this, in this side of the ACC, the Atlantic division, you've got some tough cookies. You've got Wake Forest, who was a double digit win team last year. Um, NC State, we talked about, is ranked in the top 15. You've already said Louisville is going to be tough. I think Boston College might surprise some people. So they can't really just mosey on through this conference anymore. And it's going to weigh toughest on them mentally over anyone else because of, you know, um, what they've been over the last few. Just that's just my thoughts. Someone's oh. going to be right here and wrong. Yeah. So. Listen, I'm glad we're, we're not the same. I like I, it makes it very interesting. So uh, we're going to see. I've got Miami. You've got Pitt winning the conference. We're going to see. Uh, let's go. I'm going to keep talking now. We'll snake over here to the Big Ten. And uh, I, I mean, to me, this is this is the epitome of chalk. Mm. <laughs> I've got you know, I've got a title game of Ohio State, Wisconsin here. Uh, I, I just think I think Ohio State's loaded. Um, I like Wisconsin's schedule. I think they're going to be their normal pain in the ass, Wisconsin. Uh, if you enjoy entertaining football and you're not a Wisconsin alum, they're not a game you want to turn on most Saturdays, but they win a lot of games. Um, sure. You know, they, very, they, very Big Ten, that region of the country football. They represent old school, you know, pound and ground, you know, ground and pound, as they say. So, but I, I have Ohio State winning the conference. Probably twelve and one. You know, they're, they're it's going to be hard to go undefeated in that kind of conference. You know, in that conference, they'll find the loss somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, my surprise is Nebraska. Uh, you know, I got them like eight and four, maybe even nine and three. They lost a lot of games last year, uh, one score games. We, we, you know, Oklahoma comes to mind, right? I mean, they lost. I think twenty four, twenty one. They had right. a whole slew of them. If you go through uh, Nebraska's schedule, and I think at some point they start to turn in their favor. And I think this is the year. So, I mean, if not, they're going to have a new coach. Uh, so I think, I think, you know, the pressure's on, but I see them being like eight and four, nine and three. And I think the disappointing team this year is Penn state. I really do. You, you must've gotten beaten up quite a bit as a kid living in this region of the country. Well, again, I don't think, I don't think Penn state's horrible by any means. I just think that the expectations for Penn state and where they end up, you know, to me, Penn State just feels like an eight and four team. Look at their schedule. They start off on the road in their opener at Purdue in the conference game. A couple of weeks later, they go down, they play Auburn, rematch last year uh, of a game that was tied up at Penn State. Okay. Always tough to win on the road at an SEC team. They've got a road game at Michigan. That's no cake, cakewalk. Ohio State comes to their place. Uh, you know, then they then they close with Michigan State. I just see like an eight and four Penn State team here. And I think the expectations for Franklin's program are more than eight and four. Yeah, um, most definitely. Definitely if you're from, um, you know, that region of the country. So, okay, once again, down on Penn State, this guy. Um, I'm Here's how I see things. I'm going to start off with my disappointment. I think the disappointment, I'm sorry to say this, is going to be Michigan State. Very difficult for them to live up to what they uh, did last year, and that was they were 11 and one football team. Um, there are some things they're going to have to replace there. Um, and there's going to be some fallback this year. 
Um, am I saying this is for the entire future of, you know, Mel's tenure there? No. Um, you know, I think he's a damn good coach. I think Mel Tucker is going to have things, you know, solid and in the right direction there in Michigan State. I just think there's going to be some pretty big fallback this year. You know, they could be a seven and five, six and six team. So I think that's going to be the disappointment in this conference that they're just not going to be in the running again. Um, and that 56-7 loss against Ohio State kind of unearthed some things that they're going to have to tidy up and fix. So um, that's just my thoughts on that. Surprise team is going to tie into the conference. Amo, I'm going to blow your head off with this one. I like Minnesota in that West side of the big 10. How much do I like them? I like them to be the representative out of that side of the. So they're your surprise and your championship pick, huh? Yeah. They are my surprise and my championship pick. It's uh, you know, Wisconsin is Wisconsin. Uh, we, we all know the West side of this thing has been needing fixing for years. They needed to throw a team or two from the East over to the West, but it is what it is. Um, but I just think this is a year where, you know, Minnesota's up and coming. They've got a damn good football coach. And I think this is a year that they can get a Wisconsin. I see them being nine and three versus a Wisconsin eight and four. And they're going to represent for, um, I think we all know who's coming out of that East side. Ohio state is an embarrassment of riches when it comes to talent. And they've got a pretty good coach. It seems and um, they will get their get back against Michigan this year because it really is set up that way. Um, and I, I I like Penn State to be a real tough customer this year. I like them to be a double-digit win team, but no one's going to be able to stand in Ohio State's way in this conference, whether that's the East or the West. So I think we're going to end up with a ho-hum championship game. I think Minnesota fights really good in that early going because that's what they do, but then they run out of they run out of enough smoke. So Ohio State wins that going away. And uh, probably, you know, we're going to talk about this next week because, by the way, do need to tease this next week. We're going to talk about who we are going to have in a college football playoff and who the champion will be. If you want to know already who the champ is going to be in college football, then you tune in next week as Amal and I break down the college football playoffs and tell you. Who's so the we agree on this. We just don't agree on who Ohio State defeats. Exactly. All right. So that's who we have here. And we're going to round this whole thing up with the. The godfather of them all, the conference of all conferences, and that's the SEC conference. I probably just made a couple of our listeners throw up, but it is what it is, <laughs> folks. You're just going to have to deal with this. So let's just talk about the SEC. Um, I think I'm going to start off with who I think the disappointment is going to be. And I know there are a lot of there are people expecting some things from South Carolina. I'm not entirely sure why. They like Shane Beamer, I guess. He does have some energy and some spunk and a little you know, piss and vinegar as a coach. He's still at South Carolina, and they're going to be running behind it. Let, don't get me wrong. Vanderbilt is still going to be the doormat of this conference, but we're talking about expectations here. And if you're expecting Vanderbilt to win more than one game, then you've been at a bar too long. So right. they're just going to do Vanderbilt things. I just think people are expecting some things out of South Carolina, like maybe threatening in that East, some kind of a way. So you have a, you have South Carolina as your disappointment. Yeah, I don't think South Carolina is going to be right now what people think they're going to be. I, I actually think they may end up with a losing record this year, five and seven. I mean, the schedule is not all that kind. Um, and I just think Shane Beamer needs a little bit more time before people spread this kind of love of, on him. Um, surprise in this conference. My surprise in this conference, um, which is, you know, kind of tough to find. And it, you know what's tough about finding the surprise is that, you know, everyone pays attention to this conference. So to say someone's going to surprise is kind of difficult to do. I'm going to just say Mississippi State, perhaps. Um, you know, Mike Leach is down there in Mississippi State. Yes, 
people may have forgotten that because it's the SEC and they've got all these other big names rolling around there and they've got, you know, uh, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban getting ready to get in the octagon. But yeah, Mike Leach is down there and he's doing decent things. And I think they could make a little noise and probably get in people's way. By no means am I saying they're going to come out of the extremely difficult West, but um, I could see them being an eight and four football team and people kind of looking side-eyed at Mississippi State and Mike Leach and like, hey, what are they doing down there? So that's going to be my surprise. Championship game, Emil, uh, shocker here. I'm going to have Georgia face Alabama. How about that? Wow, the, that's that was hard. Amazing. Can you believe it? So far as what I think is going to happen in interesting places like LSU. Um, if folks are down on Brian Kelly, you should stop that. He's won everywhere that he's gone. And I'm going to point out to people that LSU's program, when you've got a solid coach in there, you win. Nick Saban won a championship at LSU. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Ogeron, you can't, I can't disagree with you. Les Miles won a championship at LSU. Ed Ogeron Won a champion. The last three coaches of this establishment walked away with a ring. So um, this is a solid coach. They're going to win games. I just don't, again, I think it's going to be a slow burn. I got a slow burn for all these new coaches. I don't think anyone's coming in this year and um, conquering all earth. So I see them as eight and four. If you want to know what I think is going to happen to Florida, I'm going to tell you guys something. If you're a Florida Gator fan that you need to hear, this is what you want to have happen. I see a seven and five, eight and four Florida team. That roster needs some retooling and some work. I'm hearing that Billy Napier is a good coach. I don't know if that's wishful thinking or if that's actually what's happened. I haven't put my boots on the ground. Um, the last couple of Florida coaches have come in there and won big right away, and then the fan base has turned on him. So for you Florida fans out there that were hoping to have a coach for more than 2.8 years, you better hope Billy Napier doesn't come in there and win double digits, and I don't think he will. I think this is a 7-5, and 8-4 and four football team, so I don't see it happen. I see Georgia Amel being undefeated like they were last year. The schedule says that they will. So, Georgia's schedule really sets up for undefeated season. Yeah, it really does. Uh, almost in an embarrassing type of a way. So yeah, it's a it's a very, very, very soft schedule. Yeah, it's a nice little softball itching to be hit over the fence. And they will, I think, because they have an embarrassment of talent there. So I see them undefeated against Alabama at 10 and 2. Um, what do I think of Texas AM? Big game against Alabama. You know, Jimbo's gonna have to step up. And um, cover those checks. I think he bounces them. I think they're an eight and four team this year. Maybe nine and three. Maybe I'm more nine and three than eight and four. I think they're the second best team in the West, but not quite good enough. Okay, so who do you have winning it? Um, I'm gonna. It, this is this is one of those funny deals because I really think um, we're gonna have a situation um, where these two teams are teams that are also gonna be you know possibly going into the college football playoff. I think in a reversal of what we had last year where Georgia lost. And both, you know, kind of seem like Georgia, Alabama did a thing there. But um, I think Georgia wins it this year, beats Alabama, and, you know, both teams get in that type of deal. The stuff that pisses people off. I got you. Well, the top of the conference, we see almost identical. I have hard, 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 hard to see it any other way. Though. It is. I mean, you know, you look, you look for places maybe to pick an upset or but this conference to me, I don't see how come comes down to anything other than Georgia and Alabama. Although I have Alabama winning the conference. I think this is a really strong. Yeah. Really, six and one, half a dozen, the other. I mean, yeah, I just think it's a really strong Alabama team this year. Uh, I, I think, you know, when Nick said he was rebuilding last year. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of funny, but uh, apparently he was. Here's where you and I differ. It's more interesting. I'll, I'd rather focus on that. I think South Carolina is going to surprise this year. You're and drinking the tea, huh? I'm drinking it. 
I'm drinking it. Uh, you know, eight and four. I really, I, I, I think, I, I just think that they have. Well, that some means talent. you've got someone in that East laying an egg. If you think South Carolina is, you know, your disappointment's coming out of that East as well. No, actually, it's not. That's going to be interesting. No, it's not. You know, you know who I, I have been somewhat disappointing this year? Ole Miss. I hear you. Amal, I just want to run through something here with you. I don't know if you look. South Carolina is at Arkansas. They've got Georgia. They're at Kentucky. They've got Texas A&M. They're at Florida. And they end the year with Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson. And that eight and four you're talking about, I think is going to be a tough one. They get that done. Look out for South Carolina. They get that done. We'll go, wait, let's go through that again. They play Georgia State. Okay. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see about Arkansas. I mean, I know that they, they came back last year. The Georgia game's a loser. I see that. Charlotte, South Carolina State, there's some wins there. You know, Kentucky's a good team, but, I mean, it's still Kentucky. Like Calipari said, you're, they're a you're in, Lex- you're in Lexington, man, and if that game's at night, it can be really tough. I've been I'm not twice. saying it's not, but it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm asking them to beat Alabama in Alabama. At man, night. you're sleeping on Kentucky, man. That's a 10-win. Hey, watch your mouth when you talk about the Kentucky Wildcats. They won 10 <laughs> games last year. I understand. <laughs> and that's right before Tam U. Uh, then they have Missouri, Vanderbilt. I mean, they, you're telling me they can't beat Florida? They're at Florida. I mean, oh. listen, if South Carolina comes to Gainesville at that point in time in the year after Billy Napier has got seven or eight games under his belt and they beat the Gators there, oh, yes. oh boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, it might happen. Really they tight can, up they there can win at home against Tennessee. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how demoralized they are at that point. I, I mean, you, you just told me in the ACC, Clemson sucks. I didn't say they sucked. <laughs> but if you're running it up against the run that Clemson has had, then maybe. Yeah, if they go eight and four this year, I guess you can say this. I'm calling for a big surprise from the Gamecocks. And All right. I think Kiff comes back to earth a little bit this year. Oh, my God. It's always connected to USC. What's it? What is it with this? No, he's searching for a quarterback. I think Explain a, yourself. I think hey, that man a, doesn't need a quarterback. I can go there right now, and he'll have me rush for a grand and throw for 3000 Nah, That good. I think he's searching for a quarterback a little bit. And expectations. You can find one in the frat house where he found a punter. <laughs> I steal your thing, too, though. Expectations, I think, uh, become an issue for, for Ole Miss. Mm. Uh, uh, the season they had. And, you know, look at the last six games for Ole Miss, okay? Let me read this here because they're, they're, they might be six and zero or five and one at this point. Then they play Auburn at LSU at Texas A&M, Alabama at Arkansas, and their rivalry game with Mississippi State. Good that Lord, seems almost not. That's fair. a tough run. That's yeah. a tough run. That yeah. seems not fair. When you look at that, somebody doesn't like him. Who's the out of conference? Oh, the, division the, nine team that they're going to beat up. They on. play Troy, then they play Central Arkansas. Oh, Troy. Yeah. Troy's no pushover. They'll beat Troy at home. Central I mean, Arkansas. Yeah, but they, they, you know, they could. Sure. Georgia Tech. Then they got Tulsa. Then they have a home game with the team that you now love, Kentucky. I don't know where this came from. You better listen. You're going to learn. They're a basketball school, like Cal said. You're going to learn about the fighting Mark Stoops. <laughs> anyway, I've got Alabama winning this. I've got, you know, Chad has Georgia winning it. It's going to be interesting when we do our college football playoff next week i'm curious to see where that goes before we end the show we can't do a college football preview show without america's team yes yes let's talk about what we see in store 
for the Fighting Irish. I think year. we ought to uh, like count to three and both of us yell out the record we think they're going to have. Okay, ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Eight Nine and, and three. Okay, there you go. Okay. There we go. We're in the same ballpark. Well, I mean, if you look, they're breaking in a new quarterback. They're breaking in a new coach. That's never a good sign, no matter how good your roster is. You have a brand new you know, guy who never played. And you have a, a guy who probably will be a good coach, but he's new to being a head coach. Then you open up your season at arguably the most talented team in the country, Ohio State. Mm. That's not a good way to start. Not at all. Now, if, if they ever were to win, that's a whole different story, but I don't think they will. Then they come home, they play Marshall. Wait, they time got- out. I want to talk to you real quick. here. You said nine and three? Yes. So we let's agree they're they're gonna, they're gonna lose to Ohio State, right? Okay, then they're home with Marshall. What do you think's gonna with... happen at North Carolina? You got them winning that? It's a tough game. You uh, said Clemson's gonna be improved. Here's how I like to do these more than game by game, like you. I say, what are the games I could see them losing? Okay. Clemson. Well, okay, Ohio State. I could see them losing. I could see them potentially losing at North Carolina. The BYU game is no cakewalk on a neutral field. Okay. And they're ending the year with the undefeated USC Trojans. I didn't say they're undefeated either. Oh, I'm sorry. That is that is a tough game in Clemson. I've got at least five games they could potentially lose. Now, I don't think they lose all five, but but in there I see three losses. I just know this with brand new coaches, you have that we didn't see this coming loss. That's why I put them at eight and four. Who's the we don't see coming though? Because I mean Timmy Navy. Could be something stupid like Navy. You just didn't get it together. Game planning for them. Yes, I know Marcus Freeman was the defensive coordinator, but now he's the head coach. So um, lost on the staff from Notre Dame last year was the defensive coordinator because he's now the head coach. Well, here's the thing. I see if if I'm a Notre Dame fan, I'm not saying you think you're going to lose these games. Here's games that you could, if I'm a fan, I I could see us losing. I could see who they are. Ohio State, Clemson, and USC. I could see us losing. I'm not saying they will be. To me, that I don't see a coming loss is somebody like a BYU, who is a really good program in recent years, but not somebody Notre Dame expects to lose to. Yeah. Um, BYU or, or, or Navy could be one of those, like we were looking ahead, or it's just some quirky offense. Well, these aren't your dad's Navy teams, okay? These these Navy's not as good as they've been in the last... Yeah, the but last... it's coming off of Clemson, and it's ahead of a Boston College team that, by my estimation, I think will be a good team this year. It's a perfect sandwich situation for, and I'm just going to tell you, as someone who's gone against option teams, man, it sucks to prepare for that. It really does. Well, and you got to understand the history. Boston College and Notre Dame is, is a rivalry. It's a Catholic rivalry. Notre Dame's a Catholic university. Boston College, a Jesuit, which is a, you know, a, a piece of the Catholic Church. So that's, that's a, a rivalry, especially for Boston College. They take great pride inside that little fiefdom, <laughs> there's a word. Yeah. Of of upsetting Notre Dame like they did years ago in uh, there's I think 1993 they cost Notre Dame a national championship so um, that that is a rivalry game I'll give you that so Emil what year is the USC versus Miami national championship game that we've waited all our life for I'll tell you what it's not happening this year but <laughs> listen both schools are going to have a shot at it roster wise what do you think it'll cost both schools <laughs> oh, a lot of money. <laughs> What do you got the payroll for each team being? I think I think they, the Rams and Dolphins may be the second best paid teams in those towns. Man, I can't wait for um a guy to head out on a night 
on the town in 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 Miami and um, have more in his pocket than you know a Miami Dolphin place. <laughs> that We're laughing right. to stop yeah. from crying. Yeah, just absolutely uh, unbelievable. It's the new college football that two guys like us are going to have to adjust to. All right, I hope you guys enjoy this. We love doing predictions, and they're going to keep coming hot and heavy. Like I said, uh, we are going to do our college football uh, playoff predictions next week and that's you know um, not going to take much of your time because we do got to get in the nfl as well so emil and i will break down the uh, nfl portion of this thing both of those things are coming next week so you're definitely going to want to hit the subscribe button um on your whatever you're streaming on anchor apple spotify whatever you're using here uh, do yourself a favor hit the subscribe button there so that you are notified when we drop these predictions here Um, and get you ready for the 2022 college football season. All right. Um, Not much more to be said there. I hope you guys, again, once again, enjoyed it. For Emil Calamina, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll see you guys next week.